I'm Jason Ariola. And I'm Dominic Chavis, and this is Rock Out With Your Card Out. chiptune introduction mm-hmm. we actually haven't talked about chiptunes yet <laughs> you're right <laughs> i just kind of realized that like i think i only had like two in the introduction episode i did by myself and then i was and we kind of skipped right ahead to like orchestral stuff basically right and we're not i, I, I don't really know if you would consider magnetic so uh, orchestral stuff but uh you know more modern uh stuff and... yeah modernized yeah, there we go. And yeah, we're going right back to the roots here. I'm like, yeah, we should probably uh, take advantage of the fact we've got like one of the premier chiptune artists in the world uh, did our theme song for us. We should probably actually talk about some chiptunes here. <laughs> yeah, and that theme song is absolutely phenomenal. Hell Just yeah. amazing. Yeah. I, I guess we can plug her real quick. Uh, if you're listening to this, like as it comes out, uh, uh, Chibi Tech is going to be at MAGFest. So I would highly recommend you go check her out because hot damn, that's going to be a hell of a show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Go check it out. You hell, must. Hell yes. Do it for us, because Dominic and I can't make it. We would. I. I, I would. I, I'd probably put a bullet in somebody to go see that. But you know, unfortunately, I'm not saying yeah. shoot somebody. I would literally like maybe like I don't know maybe like cut cut open their hand just a hair and then put a put the edge of the bullet in there and be like, okay, look, I put a bullet in you. So can I go now? Right. It's there. Can I go? Yeah. It's like this is close enough, right? This counts. <laughs> Let's play just the tip with the bullet. Yeah, I'm pretty bummed that I can't make it, man. It's uh, it's something that I would love to see, and uh, if you, if you have the chance, check it out. It's it's really something that'll really open your mind up to this type of music. Yeah, or even if your mind's already open to it, just be like, oh man, she's the best. Yeah, exactly. Discover a new artist. Yeah. All right. Um. So the chiptune ones we're gonna be talking about today are Shatterhand and Shadow of the Ninja. What drove me to these two soundtracks, I think, and it could be completely off base here because it's been months, but yeah, I don't know. Was I was looking at like NES soundtracks that I thought were cool, and I found Shatterhand, which was like a game I had rented quite a bit as a kid, and I remember it being kind of kick-ass and listened to it. I was like, oh, this is really good. And one of the composers on there also did another game. I remember soundtrack was pretty kick-ass. Um, and that's Shadow of the Ninja. So I went and checked those two out, and I was like, oh. And then we started looking into this guy. Uh, his name's uh, Iku Muzutani, by the way. I started looking into his uh, portfolio a little bit and realized, man, this this guy's got some good shit. So while I think eventually we'll dig into his uh, his library a little bit more, I wanted to kind of focus on these two today. Shatterhand, he also wrote with Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, I believe is how you say his last name. I don't know, but he's, he's also got... Uh, Pretty good catalog, too, worth of stuff. So uh, just between those two, I think we can cover some NES games that uh, or NES composers who might not get a lot of the recognition I think they deserve. 
Yeah, definitely. These uh, these OSTs are incredible. I, I really liked them a lot. Compose extremely well. Yeah, we, we're not going to go over the entire soundtrack for these. I mean, the soundtracks are considerably more slight than the last two games we've covered. <laughs> but they're still like, I, I don't want to sit here and talk about, I think eh, it'd probably be like 40-something tracks between the two. It might mm-hmm. be a little ridiculous, but we we kind of picked a couple to highlight here. Well, actually, we picked eight from each game to highlight. The first two we're going to be listening to are going to be from Shatterhand. So we're going to we'll go through our Shatterhand picks and then we'll go through our Shadow of the Ninja picks. So the first two we're going to be listening to are Area A background music and Area B background music. So let's go ahead and jam out to those for a little while and then we'll come back and talk about them.
Alright, so area A, I gotta say, like, it does the best thing possible with a, like, first stage thing. It just really sets the tone for, like, a kick-ass soundtrack, a kick-ass stage. Like, kind of gets you pumped to play this game. Yeah, definitely. At the 27-second mark, the track really hit it off with me. Uh, more of a kickback beat that seems to to add a new dimension to the fast percussive leads. And interesting transition at the 45-second mark. Really digging the the percussive dimensions there. Yeah, that's the part where it kind of starts scaling up a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh man, I dig that. Like that is my favorite part in that whole thing. It's it for me. It, like really sets this thing of like a crescendoing of like action, basically. Like oh, it's like oh, things are building up now. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it, but it just really gets me pumped up to play more of this shit. Yeah, they they definitely nailed it at that point. All around, it's a very good track. I, I enjoyed the whole thing. And the nice thing with like these eight bit uh, things is most of them are a little bit shorter, so they kind of loop pretty well. And this one, like, man, I'm like, I wish he had did more with this because, man, this fucking track kicks ass. Yeah, some of the tracks should uh, should have had a little more, but you know, I'm I'm taking what what, what he gave me. Yeah, it's like, eh, I guess I can't, I guess I can complain. I mean, you know, I was playing this a little bit too, just to kind of get a little bit of a memory of this thing. And I, we, we've talked about this before, I think, maybe or maybe I talked about it before when. I don't know, maybe I must have talked about this at some point on one of the four fucking podcasts I do. <laughs> the NES can only handle like four channels of audio at the same time. And you start throwing in the sound effects, it'll take a channel of music out. And the soundtrack like actually doesn't lose anything as the action goes in too, which is kind of an amazing feat. That is because it's not a, it's not typical. You don't usually hear that. I think Mizutani like did a really good job of like composing around the hardware limitation, which... A lot of these composers that we're going to talk about over the course of the show is or do a very good job of just that. But like this one, especially like taking into account that, hey, if this guy's doing this and then an enemy is doing something, too, that's going to take out an audio channel and keeping the soundtrack like still like feeling really solid is kind of a feat in of itself. Yeah, it's, it's all about placement. You know, um, if you place the channels right, uh, it'll all work out. You'll be able to hear everything you need to hear. And I thought that was a. A great thing he did. He mapped it out well. Probably one of my like favorite opening stage tracks that I kind of don't think about too often. Like I go back and listen to this, I'm like, man, this is this is perfect. Like this is a hell of a way to start off a game. Oh, definitely. This was a, a phenomenal. And granted, Shatterhand's pretty hard too, so it might be one of the only tracks you hear in this game too. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I've never played the game, so I really don't know anything about it other than you know what the the ost sounds like the japanese version is a little bit different like you it's like a tie-in for you know manga or an anime or something and it's titled mm -hmm. something completely different the u.s cover of this is a uh, like a white dude um with a cyborg hand punching the logo it's really kind of cheesy yeah <laughs> and i think even the character model is different in the nes versus the uh, famicom version but it's whatever it's it's basically just like you have cyborg arms and you punch the shit out of things. <laughs> well, essentially, is it like the same mechanics in both games? I'm assuming yeah. it is, right? Yeah, basically, it's just like they, they just... do a sprite swap. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I, 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 God, it's been a long time, but I played the I played the Japanese version at some point, and it's basically the same game. They just, uh, just thought that the, you know, I bet you it was a licensing thing that they couldn't bring it over to the States like this. So that's probably what it was. Hmm. Or why they did the palette slot, because a lot of those like older anime-based games or manga-based games that we don't see out here are just licensing issues, and that's why they don't come over here. Especially like all those like cross-series ones where you have like Gundam and Macross and all these other things. 
Mm, they okay. can be a licensing nightmare to bring over. So I'm imagining that had something to do with that. It's like, hey, let's bring over this, uh, you know, nobody knows about series of anime, manga, TV show, whatever it was, and put it out like this. Or it's like, or we can just do a sprite swap with this one guy and uh, put it out this way. Yeah, I think this will probably be easier. Quits, <laughs> yep. Yeah, because I was uh, I was looking at the cover for both games, the Japanese version and the American version, and uh, yeah, it's completely different. Uh huh. Yeah. Completely different. Yeah, basically you've got like uh, an Ultraman looking character on one or, uh, you know, <laughs> actually it looks more like, uh, what was that? God, the, uh, something like Samurai Troopers. God, do you remember mm. that show? It was like a, it was like a, um, man, what am I thinking of? Uh, it was like a Power Rangers thing, something Samurai Troopers. I don't remember what it was, but. That rings a bell. That rings a bell. Um, I was looking something up online and I. I think the guy that actually did that show um, just turned 50 today and he was standing by one of his suits and it, it looks similar to, you know, the Shatterhand suit on the, the Japanese cover huh. or whatever suit that, whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the, the hell suit it's on supposed the game. to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know what the hell it was. I'm thinking maybe I was, maybe I was thinking of, um, it was like a VR based show, but it was like a Power Rangers type show that I'm thinking of. Oh jeez! It just kind of came in the uh, came in the area of like Power Rangers were real popular, so all of a sudden they start putting off like all these like not knockoff, but kind of knockoff Sentai type shows. So yeah, that's probably it. But we should probably get back on the music here. Uh, okay, yeah. I'm done talking about Area A. I mean, it's it's a badass thing, but yeah, we, we probably move on. Yeah, I've said enough about it. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, area B. I don't really have a whole whole lot to say about it, but maybe you can explain why. But it's for me, it just has this like kind of a strutting badass kind of sound to it like i can picture just like some like macho dude like walking down the street like don't fuck with me man <laughs> well you know what i got out of it is uh the intro sounds like it was composed in a way which kept the tune compressed yet very strong so you could really feel the dimension in, in between the intro and uh it hits really hard and it's a heavy beat and then like around the 30 second mark the beat picks up with noticeable haste which I thought was pretty interesting. So it went from really strong and heavy and, and seemingly compressed to something very fast. I don't know what it is, but it just, I just get like an image in my head of, I guess, the Shatterhand guy walking down the street is the best I can describe it. Yeah, I, I blame that on the intro. You know, maybe that's why you're getting that really deep strutting feeling from it. You know, that intro just rides out. It really rides into the into the speed of it all. You know, it, it, it transitions nicely is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Like I said, man, this this soundtrack is just killer. I was amazed at how good this goddamn thing was, and the fact that like I never really put together uh, who Iku Mizutani was until we started like kind of doing research for shows. And I was like, oh man, we need to start doing some deep dives on this dude because he's he's got some killer work. Yeah, seriously, some killer work. You could say that again. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just did actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, speaking of killer work, let's move on to the next two ones we're going to be listening to are Area C, which is only in the Japanese version. I'm, I am I don't know, or maybe this is just the Japanese version of it. I didn't take... Uh, There's an Area C in the, the U.S. version. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't but, listen to it, but... <laughs> that's right. I remember now. Yeah, you're right. I'm, of, of course, there would have to be a 30 area, you dumb piece of... Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Jason. Uh, I'm going to blame sleep deprivation, and we'll leave it at that. But we're going to be listening to the Japanese version of Area C, and then area D after that.
we got through the Japanese version of Area C. And, man, let me tell you, that it feels, or sounds, I guess, more, like a level. Like, it literally just sounds like, oh, this is a video game level music. piece of, Or, piece of video game music from a stage. I, I don't know how else to word that. I'm wording that very poorly right now. But you, you get the, you get what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, to me, it sounds like perfect synchrony. Uh, totally dig the harmonies between the highs and lows. And I like how the highs and lows were evenly spread out throughout the duration of the track. And after realizing that, the track became even more enjoyable to hear. This is one of those you can listen to a few times through. And like you said, with the lows, like it takes advantage of the lower scale of the NES sound that I don't think a lot of people actually use very often. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Because yeah, normally like you kind of hear more, I don't want to say interesting we'll say NES music anyway, they tend to like kind of take advantage of the higher end of the scale of it. And this kind of bounces around a little bit. It doesn't go like too, too high, but it definitely goes pretty low at times. Not like the lowest it can go, but I think it kind of ni- does a nice little balance of high and low. Yeah, there's a nice uh, mid-range in it all. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be what a uh, thing between uh, high and low would be. It would be mid, huh? Oh, Jesus. Mm, pretty much. <laughs> this I is think why, so. <laughs> this is why you're on here, because I'm stupid. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so like I said, this is, this is I, I love this track. I'm not saying Area C in the U.S. version is bad. It's just this one kind of like really kind of stands above it, so. Yeah, like I said, I didn't really listen to the Area C in the U.S. version, so... I don't really know what that one, what they did with that one. I'm guessing it's similar. Not really. It's it's entirely different, I would say. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's just, I didn't dig it quite as much as this. Like, this one really kind of stuck out. I'm like, oh, I could listen to this. This this could make it into a, a run or work mix, basically. So, <laughs> I dig this. Completely understandable. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds like it just worked. I liked it. Area D, let's move on there. It starts off a little slow. The first few times I listened to it, I was like, eh, this is okay. And then at 38 seconds, it cha- it starts like changing scales. And oh, man, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, the, 30, the 38 second mark, uh, the scale does change, entering the great into a great climax, which uh, sets some emotion into it all. Um, I know what the composer was going for at the 47 second point, but I, I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah, like, my note here is basically, it feels like it got stuck. Like, it kind of did this thing of, like, it almost, like, hiccuped. Like, what's the thing of, like, glitch in the Matrix, basically? Oh, okay. It, it kind of, like, like, I'm listening to it, and I'm like, did this thing just, like, it, almost like a record skip, but, you know, with chiptune. It was kind of weird. I was like, uh, what just happened? I was like, oh, okay, I know what they're kind of, okay, he was doing something different. Okay. Yeah, it was just a weird loop. Quick loop. Yeah. It's, like I said, overall, like, it starts off kind of slow, and then... Right at 38 seconds when that when the scales start going up there like that, I'm like, oh, okay, I dig this thing now. And it's just that one little, like, hiccup thing. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't know what that is. The fuck was that? Yeah, yeah, it's like <laughs> kind of one of those things where you tap on your headphones like, are these broken? What the fuck is wrong with my phone? Seriously. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I wasn't really liking the beginning of this one mm-hmm. until the 11-second mark hit. It just... It just really picked up with some positive momentum. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Like, normally these things kind of hook you in the beginning, and then maybe we'll start doing things a little bit differently in the middle that you're kind of like, oh, okay, I can still dig this. And then it does the loop, and you're like, okay, back back to this. I'm interested in this again. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You have to kind of sit through the intro to this one until you hit a certain point, and then it'll all make sense to you. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's a pretty solid track. It's just that it takes a little while to ramp up to the good part. 
Yeah, you could definitely feel the groove as it sets in. It just takes a little time. Yeah, for sure. So moving on, we are going to be listening to areas E and F and the boss theme from Shatterhand. So we'll play those and come right back. Right, so areas E and F, man, I gotta say, like, I, I really dig this. It gives us like, like kind of like feeling sense of confidence. I think I don't really know how to describe it, but basically everything you've been doing up to that point, like, okay, hey, if you've gotten this far, you should be okay now. You just gotta take advantage of all your skills that you've built up to this point. Just like, okay, hey, you know what you're doing. Let's get through this. It's still gonna be tough, but you've gotten this far. You're probably gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, throughout the song, there are some really nice leads. Right away, the song attacks you with some killer three-note sequences that were short-lived, but the same patterns pick back up later in the song with a bit more added to the path, which I thought was really cool, really interesting. Yeah, this is one of those that I'm just like, oh, God, I want, I want more of this. Like, it kind of buzzed me out sometimes when you cover, like, NES stuff that you listen to it, and it's like a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of like, oh, I wish they had done a little bit more with this but i understand where they're coming from because you know some if you know what you're doing some of these they can get through the whole level and you know 
a minute or two, so you don't want this really long track that you kind of labor on, and then the person hears like 20 seconds of it, and you're like, okay, well, that's great, thanks. <laughs> I, I spent months on this, and you... Exactly, it'd be a waste of time. You've gotten a quarter of the soundtrack through your whole playthrough. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I understand why they, they do the whole looping thing. Mm-hmm. Then probably, uh, you know, technical limitations and everything. Like, oh, hey, we can't have a this gigantic, like, you know, um, soundtrack that takes up a whole megabit out of a, you know, eight megabit cartridge. Oh, wait, <laughs> Link to the Past did that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely some limitations. Yeah. And like I said, I really appreciate how, like, a lot of these people, like, learn to work within those limitations. So. Seriously, man. Crazy. All right. And that boss theme. I love that one, it's just, I think the biggest thing for boss themes with me is just that kind of like a frantic feel, basically. We had talked about that with the uh, the Sigma one, I believe. How I dig the original more, because it just has this frantic feeling to it. This one, it feels frantic, but never like out of control, basically. Like, it always feels like you gotta, you gotta move a lot faster than you normally do. You gotta pay attention to your movements and make fewer mistakes. But as long as you know what you're doing, it's okay, but it does add a little pressure to what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. This track definitely has a has an edge to it. I know just about every track on this OST has harmonization, but some harmonies just seem to stick out more than others. On certain tracks, this being one of them, at the 24 second mark, the lead does this really cool chromatic thing working up the scale. Didn't expect it, but it fits in so well. I, I think this track was sort of designed to keep you on your toes. Hell yeah. So that's my thing. Like It kind of gives this thing of like, it's a pretty short one. I think this is maybe one of the shorter ones that's actually a full track outside of just like a game over screen or a stage select thing that lasts a little bit longer, but it's still pretty short because, you know, if you know what you're doing, you probably beat most of these bosses in just a few seconds. It gives this good sense of conveying that you're in the middle of something a little bit tougher, and I really appreciate what it adds to a boss fight. Yeah, I agree. Being that it's a one-minute track, you definitely feel the haste within it. Yeah, I really appreciate that sort of stuff. Like I said, boss themes are one of those things that if you do them right, they can add so much to a game, even if it's kind of mediocre, which Shatterhand isn't. It's a pretty (laughs) solid title, but it's... It's one of those, like, NES tough games. Like, you've definitely got to have some patience to get through this thing, because it's not easy. Or just very patient at save-stating your way through every goddamn frame of the game. <laughs> hey, look, I, t- I beat the whole game without taking a hit. It, was, it took me 45 hours, because I did a bunch of save-states. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not ashamed to admit. I had to do that through a lot of the Mega Man Legacy Collection, because, God, I suck at Mega Man. No, you, same here. Man, that game is just too hard. All, all the Mega Man games incredible i don't feel so bad now i thought it was just me and my old age and my reaction sucking <laughs> no it's me too <laughs> okay cool ah <laughs> uh, good Mega man is just hard as balls so okay i don't know how difficult the uh, the final area is but it, I'm, I'm assuming based on the rest of the game this is probably hard as balls too hey, look at this i'm good at these segues huh? <laughs> so the next track we're gonna be listening to actually the next two are the final area background music and ending credits
first thing we listened to there was final the final area. And for me, I really dug this one, but it really kind of like there's nothing in particular for me that stands out, but it's still catchy as hell. It was an extremely smooth track. If you listen closely, you might appreciate what the composer meant to do with the slight echo slash reverb. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was a very smart thing to do. You know, adding echo and reverb to to the lead opened up a window of depth. That alone polished the whole track up for me. I don't know, maybe it was having repeatedly listened to the soundtrack multiple times to pick up like what I feel is the cream of the crop. <laughs> I was kind of like, oh God, okay, let's... I got nothing on this one, but I really like it. So I want to put it in here. So maybe Dominic will have more to say about it. And thankfully you had, had something to say about it outside of, oh, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what I feel I bring to this. It's like, I'm just pointing these things out to you and then letting you talk about uh, them on the intricate level. <laughs> Somewhat intricate. Yeah. Well, much more intricate than I am. Like I said, me, it was just like, hey, this next one's cool. Play. I, I mean, there to this one, there there really wasn't that much. You said the echo is really what hit it off with me. I love echo, so you can never go wrong with it. There we go, then. All it needs is a guitar, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh, even that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you said add a guitar to anything, it'll add, it'll it'll kind of bump it up a level. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, all right, and the the final one we listen to for Shatterhand is the ending credits, and I really dug like the way it kind of feels like an ending credits thing. Like it, you listen to this, and you're like, oh, this is the end of the game. Clearly, because it has a feel of victory and like finality to it. I just, I really, really enjoyed the hell out of this one. Yeah, it was a great composition uh, to sit behind credits on a game like this. All I have to say is it was an enjoyable track. It was um, it's a little bit more laid back, I think, than the rest of the uh, rest of the soundtrack, which I think really lends it to being obviously like, okay, hey, this is the end. You you can put your controller down and just kind of chill out, listen to this. Yeah, it was perfect placement. Yeah, and then, jeez, man, let me, let me tell you, if you get to the end of Shatterhand, you probably have earned some relaxation. <laughs> like I said, man, this, I even even in my kid like era, like I don't remember ever getting past the second stage on this, and I know I rented this a few times as a kid. Damn, I got to try this. Yeah, it's a tough game. See what it's, it's all about. It's really good. It's just, ugh, it's tough as shit, man. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, that, and clearly, like I said, I don't know if I ever made it past the second stage. That is clearly not just my old man reactions failing me. <laughs> it must have been a hard game. <laughs> yeah, it definitely wasn't easy. So, all right, uh, moving on to another hard game. I tried this one eh, like two days ago, actually. And I was like, oh, this game is way too hard for me. I can't do this. Uh, we're going to be talking about Shadow of the Ninja next. This one was composed solely by Iku Muzitani. So we don't have to uh, wonder if maybe the other guy had composed one of those other ones that we talked about. But we'll just go ahead and give <laughs> Muzitani credit for it unless uh, somebody else wants to correct us on that. Because it's a little hard to track down who composed exactly what tracks in the 8-bit era. It's hard to do that now sometimes. So never mind back then when people were using like false names and stuff. So... <laughs> I, I don't know if you know, like, they're, like the history of video game credits, it's sometimes ridiculous in the 8-bit era. Like, it just be these random weird names, like Fish or something stupid, and it's like this, like, really crazy long Japanese name. You're like, oh, you went with Fish, huh? Hey, that's cool. That is funny. Yeah, it's a yeah little... I've never noticed that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go back and look at, like, just, like, random video game credits, and you're like, oh, well, that's interesting that you... That was your choice, huh? Okay. <laughs> I will do that. Yeah, it's got a goal, so. Um, yeah, Shadow of the Ninja plays a little bit like Ninja Gaiden and a little bit like Shatterhand, uh, actually. It's, it's a side-scrolling action platformer thing. Also kind of plays a little bit like Castlevania, like with the weapon upgrade system. It's hmm. it's a really cool game. It's just hard as shit. Yeah, I'd imagine. I played uh, Ninja Gaiden, but I've never touched Shadow of the Ninja. I think, if I'm remembering right, 
this had came out on the Wii U Virtual Console. Like, I think Natsume, yeah, Natsume had published this, and they ended up being sort of like one of the few uh, publishers that kept supporting the Wii U Virtual Console after it sort of dried up. Them and, oh man, I forget who else, but like, they sort of, oh, Konami, like, they sort of, like, okay, I, I, I've talked about this on the old podcast, but they published a fucking TurboGrafx-16 RPG that was not translated on the Wii U Virtual <laughs> Console in the United States. How the fuck did anyone... <laughs> oh, why would anyone do that? Anyway, oh, Jesus. But yeah, wow. anyway, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was a hell of a decision they did there, so... Seriously. It's like... I mean, it wasn't the most involved RPG, but it's like, okay, um, you still kind of have to know what you're doing. <laughs> right. It's like... Anyway, let's move on from that. So we're going to go ahead and play some Shadow of the Ninja stuff here. The first thing we're going to do is the prologue theme and stage one.
First thing we listen to there, prologue theme. Man, it's short, it's sweet, and it's catchy as hell and does exactly what it needs to do to kind of get you want to play this fucking game. Yeah, I agree. Those leads get serious at the tail end of the track. I think the song was placed well within the game, has enough force to push you into the game with a strong positive attitude, which is something you need to get through it. You need a positive attitude to get through this game because it's tough. <laughs> God Seriously. damn it, man. I, yeah, like I said, this and Shatterhand, you should just go and play out. Or, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, go, totally go and uh, purchase a cart from somewhere so that the rights holder gets money because they don't actually do that when you buy a cart third hand. Anyway, yeah, go ahead and emulate these things. And, dude, they like I said, these games are good, but they're hard as shit. And, yeah, that's what I've heard, uh, especially with this one. Hey, maybe they have it on that new Soldier Boy console. <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, you know, that yeah, that's totally not getting taken out into oblivion. <laughs> Holy God, I mean, we thought the Ouya was bombed hard. Holy Oh my God. Uh, Ridiculous. Says the guy who has an Ouya hooked up to his TV still. So. <laughs> <laughs> Raspberry Pi? No, thank you. I have an Ouya because oh, yeah. Ouya. Ouya. <laughs> I mean, you know, it does that cool jungle thing every time you open up just that Ouya. <laughs> every time you start it up, I'm like, ah, okay, that's cool. Like, I can't unplug you, Ouya. I mean, you're like you're like the size of my fist, basically. You don't take up any space, and I can play all my old stuff on here. You're cool. You're so sweet to me, Ouya. Yeah, let me use a, <laughs> let, let me use like good controllers on you too. <laughs> that Ouya controller was a, an abomination. Anyway, stage one, the starting notes on this thing just totally fucking killer, and I just dig that opening segment there. And at about 37 seconds in, it really cranks the fuck up. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy because that intro was extremely strong. I really like the somewhat abrupt pause as soon as the lead kicks in, uh, mm-hmm. pushing out that echo as if the lead never stopped at all. Uh, all in all, the track remains strong until the end, which is great. Yeah, like I said, man, and this game being very fresh in my memory, just having played it a day or two ago as of this recording, really bums me out how hard this game is because man i really dig this thing and it's kind of one of those things like oh yeah i really want to play this this, this song makes me want to play this game and then i play the game and i'm like i am terrible at this thing <laughs> i <laughs> suck ass. at video games i should just cut my thumbs off and be done with it i am terrible <laughs> at video games wow uh, i wouldn't cut my thumbs off because it'd be awfully hard to unlock my phone but yeah kind of need those <laughs> yeah kind of uh, although I could probably still stack faster than somebody else I work with, but we'll mm-hmm. leave our professional lives out of this. Anyway, wait, what am I doing? He can't hear this. I know, right? Okay. I, gotta check this stuff I, out. I should probably stop because that's just mean. <laughs> uh, what was his name again? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to listen to stage two and stage four. Yes, we're skipping stage three. Not that it's bad. It's just... Stage four and stage two are a little bit more of a, a little bit stronger tracks, but you'll hear that when we come back with after those. With those, after those, I don't know what I'm saying. Dominic, can you start hosting this? I'm terrible at talking. Yeah, if you'd let me. <laughs> you gotta shh a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. Segue in, man. All yours, baby. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and play those next two tracks and we'll come right back.
So stage two, I dig the hell out of this goddamn track, man. It is so fracking catchy. I really enjoyed this track. What really caught me was uh, the five note patterns in the beginning. They're just totally wicked. Right away, you know, this song is going to be intense. And there almost seems to be a battle between the ascending and descending patterns. And you'll notice it all throughout the track. Also, that galloping beat underneath mm-hmm. all of the leads remind me of a band called Iron Maiden. They actually do like similar stuff hmm. in their rhythm. So do some of the leads. It's crazy. Just a really good composition. When was kind of like Iron Maiden, like, uh, we'll say, peak of their powers, more popular, if you will? Uh, you know, I'd have to say, well, to me, like, I'd say like the late 80s. I wonder then if there is some influence, because this game came out like 1990. Oh, that's right. So there could be some influence. My note on this, and I really love how you you said the contrast with the up and lower notes or whatever. <laughs> and my note is literally, uh, I love this section at 20 seconds in that scales up and then goes low and then repeats the scaling up notes a couple of times. And I'm like, man, Dominic said that very, like, very uh, learnedly and intelligently. I'm like, it sounds good where it goes up and then goes down and then goes up. Oh, man, that one uh, made me tear up a little bit. Hey, you know, what can I say? I'm a, I'm a smart, smart man when it comes to music. <laughs> Shit, man. But yeah, the uh, the first six seconds of this thing. Oh, man, it just, it, it, it's immediately like, oh, yep, I'm listening to this thing. This is a, what do you kids say today? It's a real banger. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> yeah. banger. <laughs> yeah. I don't Oh <laughs> uh, god! If I if I ever like do anything but say that ironically, just do me a favor and just come to the store and cut my throat open. <laughs> Use a dull blade too. I deserve to suffer if I say oh, that yeah, not ironically. That's horrible. <laughs> um, rusty and, dull blade. Yeah, you know, not rusty. Just maybe a little dull. That's fine. I, I, you know, I mean, on the off chance I survive it, don't give me tetanus on top of it. Well, see, all my blades are rusty because I work in a in a freezer. So oh, they do tend to rust. Okay, no, that oh, makes sense. Very quick. So that's all you get, yeah. man. Just got to move faster, man. You just they don't rust if you just keep anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of this, like the the loop, basically, it does this little thing where it sounds like the Ninja Turtles theme for like four beats, <laughs> and I'm, like I'm literally like expecting the, the the fifth channel on the nes that does uh, for voice sampling just for them to say draw, 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 at the end of it you know it's like what the hell was that it's like it's like oh he's he's taken from iron maiden and the ninja turtles theme cool <laughs> right what the fuck was that shit hey it all works man this 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 uh this track's a real banger <laughs> oh God, no kill me oh no well i guess i guess tuesday night will be my last night on the earth and <laughs> cool Bad. Who came up with that crap? A banger, man. That... I, I don't know. Well, yeah. Somebody, somebody said it and then thought, hey, that sounds cool. So I don't know if it's the person that came up with it or the person that adopted it and thought, that's a cool expression. That's worse. Hmm. Yeah, it's just like, hey, man, you want to bang? Or just, uh, what the fuck? I mean. Who fucking says that shit? I, well, apparently a bunch of people do, unfortunately. Because it. But here's the thing. If it reached me, that means it's probably already on the way out or if not completely out. <laughs> if i if i'm hip to it <laughs> so bad oh, that is fucking hilarious yeah uh welcome to being old dominic uh you're not quite there yet but once coming you know once you're in your mid-30s and you start hearing the things once you hear them you know they're already on the way out the door because you're aware <laughs> of them it's like oh I, okay that's cool so um let's move on to stage four this one 
like I said, I dig this one too, clearly, because otherwise I would have put in this one, but it kind of feels like it's a little all over the place. It doesn't quite know what it's trying to do. Yeah, I agree. It's funny because uh, in my note, I put down that this track almost sounds like stage two. It's just, it's more of like stage two's not so good looking younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should, should we let him in behind the scenes of that one? <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Dominic told me that off the air. I laughed. And I was like, no, you should have saved that because then you get a genuine laugh. So he tried it again. I was kind of ready to fake laugh on it. But then I was like, I'm, li- I'm, I'm hearing him build back up to it. And I start laughing because this is the build up. I'm like, oh, okay. No, this is, I'm going to laugh just at the fact that we're trying to do this naturally. <laughs> yeah, try to push it out. It didn't come out the same way. <laughs> no, it was a little bit more succinct the first time. Less is more in this case, but you know what? I still enjoyed it. I still got a kick out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was just completely interesting to me, man. Uh, like I said, it was uh, really similar. It had those uh, that same galloping feel to it, but it seems like it was taking down a different path. It sounds a little darker. The rhythm is just all over the place, like you were saying. It just seems kind of scattered. Yeah, and like it keeps kind of, I don't know, like maybe it changes tempos a couple times, and it starts throwing some like weird little noises in there that it's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, and I don't want to say it ruined the song. It just added an element to to it that might turn some people off. Yeah. I think if it was a little bit more, let's say, uh, cohesive, I think I'd probably dig it a little bit more. But like I said, it, it seemed a little scattershot, just like spray and pray kind of kind of chiptune thing. And like I said, it's still cool, but it does some weird stuff that I'm like, eh, if you had maybe taken parts of this out here and there, I probably would have like really elevated this one a little bit more mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> yeah like i said it's one of those things i'm like oh this is cool but at the same time what are you doing so but anyway uh we're going ahead and move on here to stage five and the boss battle i nearly said something about the boss battle but i was thinking of the one after that that we're going to play so i'll just shut up and play those <laughs> two god i'm good at this
Alright, so do you remember, I forget what the hell track I was talking about now, but on Shatterhand, I mentioned that it takes the, one of those tracks takes advantage of the scales going real low, and something a lot of things don't do. I'm betting Mizutani composed that one because Stage 5 does the same thing where it kind of goes real low in certain parts, and it really takes like full use of the scale of music, or scale of notes that the NES is capable of. Yeah, and it's crazy because uh, those low notes really set the mood, giving the entire track a, a pretty twisted feel. I can listen to this track over and over just because the lead is so consistent, mm-hmm. and uh, the intro is just fucking awesome. Uh, little little secret, I have listened to this thing a few times in a row. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Not just you, brother. <laughs> yeah, it's just excellent, man. Uh, excellent composition. Yeah, this like I said, this this whole soundtrack. There's not really any clunkers in here, but man, I like I said, it was just these these eight just kind of like really stuck out. And I wanted to highlight them, and like I don't know why we settled on eight. It's just, for both of them. It just kind of worked out perfectly for that one. So number we settled with I, I guess so you know um it's weird now that i mention it gore one of the uh, main writers on the site he does this segment or segment feature i don't know exactly what you'd call it but um it's always like eight to consider so i don't know if that maybe hmm. that was in the back of my mind or something like that without realizing maybe. that's, that's kind of weird so eight is apparently the number of games and junk and i don't know why so anyway uh moving on here we're gonna move on to the boss battle and once again uh another thing that I dig in boss battle music is just how frantic it is. Not another thing. That is the thing I dig about boss battle music. And this one is even more frantic feeling. Yeah, the fast-paced tempo uh, makes you feel like you're you're racing to get through the battle. Oh, yeah. The harmonies are just on point. I listen to this and I'm like, this is like music I would like go run a sprint to or something. It's like, <laughs> this is like, okay, it's time to go all fracking out on this. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely wakes you up. It was awesome. I, I enjoyed the hell out of this one, too. Yeah. Like I said, man, this, this whole soundtrack is just really killer. I, one of the, I, I, I think we're going to come back to Mizutani a few times. Um, we've already got one thing planned, at least, in the future that we're going to be working on with him. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I think we're going to be digging into Mizutani's work more than a couple of times throughout this podcast's run of... I, you know, I said that like I had some kind of like finite number in mind when I said that. I don't think I do. <laughs> You know, to me, just just the way he, uh, you know, he designs the music, it's just it's phenomenal, man. It, it's fucking excellent. Yeah. In Shatterhand, I don't know if it was Mizutani or Hiroyuki Iwatsuki. Man, I probably said that differently mm-hmm. than I said it the first time. I don't know if it was, you know, which one of those composed which tracks, but this is purely Mizutani and. I just I hear this thing and I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. Like, I was wondering maybe if it was like Hitoshi Sakamoto and Masahara Iwata who are like part of Base Escape, and they do a lot of soundtracks together. They did the Tactics Ogre soundtrack, they did the Final Fantasy XII soundtrack. Those two, like, I dig the two of them, but I can't, for the most part, tell them apart individually, and it kind of might be at the same point with this. He was honey by himself, I totally dig. I was just worried that maybe it was like, oh, you know, these two of them together, they do a good job, but maybe by themselves they don't. But no, going going off and checking out their individual works, yeah, these, these two guys are great, and Iwatani getting up there for one of my favorite, like, you know, 8-bit video game music composers. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, see, the reason why I'm leaning more towards uh, believing it was uh, Iku is basically because this this OST and the, the Shatterhand OST are so similar. I'm guessing he mapped out basically the rhythm that he wanted to go with throughout mm-hmm. the song, and maybe, you know, the other guy helped him out with, with leads and uh, passages and everything like that. Could hmm. be. I wonder if they just, like, co-composed it or if maybe... 
he did a couple of the tracks that maybe it was like the American one that I didn't really dig so much, the stage two or stage three or whatever it was. Okay, and to wrap up the not episode, but the last two tracks we're going to talk about today, we're going to be listening to Final Battle, which was the teaser track that we did at the end of the last episode and ending theme. So we'll play, well, you've heard Final Battle before, but we'll go ahead and play it again because it deserves another playthrough. And then you'll hear ending theme, and then we'll come right back and talk about those and close out the show and end out with another teaser for you. I don't know why I'm teasing a segment that we're going to get to. <laughs> Dominic, you've got to host this fucking thing. I am the worst. <laughs> well, you got to get your shit together. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I have the recording. Well, you have the recording. Fuck, I've got nothing. All I did was pay for that goddamn our intro song. That's all you got, buddy. Well, damn it. That's all we've got, too, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm in this with you. Huh? Uh, okay. Uh, awkward. All right. Let's play those two tracks, and we'll come back. <laughs> <laughs>
So, you recognize that one from the end of the last episode, if you listened to it. And you should've, because... Well, you should listen to all of them. I mean, there's only three of these outside of this one. So, I mean, there's only two of them with me and Dominic. So, even shorter, uh, lower barrier of entry. I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have been recording for a while. Despite the length of the episode that you've been seeing, Dominic and I have been talking quite a bit between segments, too. So, it's like, eh, hey, we've been talking a while. Anyway. <laughs> um... Again, this one feels very frantic, and we didn't really notice it until we were just listening to it in between the segments. This thing's very, very short. Yeah, 18 seconds short, to be yeah. exact. Uh, my real big note here was, like, about 12 seconds in, it kind of does this, like, little... I don't know how to say it, but basically, like, gives a sense of, like, okay, like, turning things around. You feel a little bit more empowered. And, my like, really the only other note I took of this was... It's a good feeling for a boss fight because it feels like it's a lot of push and pull, basically. Except it does it so well, I didn't notice that, again, it's 18 seconds long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was caught by surprise uh, when he pointed that out because I didn't notice it either. It, it was looped together so well. It's yeah. just, it's perfect track to loop over. It's nuts. It's just like, oh, this is incredibly <laughs> short. I I thought maybe 30 seconds, but I was like, it pointed out, I was like, wait, dude, I think this is the same thing. I, I don't even think this thing's 30 seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> and like you were saying, uh, it, it does almost give you that extra push you need to get through it all, which was cool. Yeah. Like I said, it's despite it's um, <clears throat> abbreviated length. I, 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 I still dig this thing. It's really cool. Uh, I kind of wish I hadn't played it for like two and a half minutes on the way out of the last episode now, but uh, <laughs> now that I'm thinking of like, oh, well, this song's 18 seconds long. This is kind of horse shit that I use that as an outro. Good job, Jason. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, didn't you pick this one? Yeah, this was my pick. Okay, Blame that was your me. fault. Totally your fault. <laughs> but hey, even then I didn't catch it, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and I'm the one who edited the fucking thing in. And then I did decide to fade it after a while because like, oh, this thing does repeat after a while. I think I let it go for like a minute and a half. So that means, oh, I don't know what, 10 times this thing went through? <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> yeah, we're smart. Anyway, um, so because, uh, you know, we talked like for about a minute on a 18 second track, let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is the ending theme. And this one actually is a pretty long one. I mean, considering the rest of these tracks are all eh, maybe about a minute long. This mm-hmm. one goes on for about a full three minutes. Honestly, I, I really wasn't a huge fan of the track up until 111. The track drastically changes pace mm-hmm. and and really uh, changes the way I viewed the first intro. Well, mm-hmm. the first intro, the intro of it all. And uh, <laughs> when you hear it all together, it mixes together pretty well. You yeah. can uh, you can never go wrong with these uh, these fast leads. It's just I wasn't expecting it to pick up into any fast lead. I, th- I thought it was going to be kind of a slower, I guess, mellow feel, mellow song. Yeah, my... My thought of it was, it felt pretty melancholy for the first, like, minute or so. There you go. And then, the like, I guess after that, it just totally changes. The tempo gets faster, and it is that crazy, like, I don't know what the hell that sound is supposed to be, but it is this, like, crazy little blaster noise-sounding thing that I just, I really love. When that kicks in, it's like, oh, okay, wait, hold on. I'm digging this thing all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Uh, it, it made me reconsider the intro, and it, after hearing the, the entire track, it just fits in together pretty well. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I would do is probably shorten the intro just a little bit. Yeah, but it also does have to, you know, whatever with the story cutscene thing or the ending segment is, it probably, again, I haven't played this game beyond the first stage because it is way too hard for my <laughs> old, old reaction time. <laughs> but 
I guess I could save state the shit out of it, but that would take me probably like, like, oh, a month and a half to get through it. Anyway, I think it's just a matter of this is one of those few things that he has to compose specifically for a set amount of time. Like, okay, here's how long the ending is, and then here's how long the credit is. This is where we change to certain things. So at this point, we need you to change the tempo and the mood of the song. And right. he went nuts and just laid it out, as far as I'm concerned, pretty perfectly. You know, now that you mentioned that, that makes sense. Because uh, placement and timing was exactly what it was all about. He probably did have to deal with, you know, what was going on, the the ending credits, whatever. Whatever was going on. It was probably really just a matter of placement. That's kind of my thought on it. So, like I said, I, I really dig this one. And I'm sure it would probably have a little bit more weight to it if you actually watched it with the ending cutscene. You know what I always forget about is people play these things and put them on YouTube and Twitch. I should probably just go watch one of those rather than try to play this thing on my own because it ain't going to happen. Yeah, just watch a playthrough, see what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, or just skip to the ending and be like, oh, okay, this right. is what this thing is. Okay, it's like, oh, I see perfectly what they did. God damn it, I should have done that for the research for the show. <laughs> <sighs> uh, folks, we'll get better at this. I prom- Well, let me rephrase that. Dominic will get better at this. I will maintain my level level of mediocrity that I have throughout the entire run of every single podcast that this site, website has produced that I've been at the helm of. <laughs> oh, Jason. That's hilarious. Boy, that was a lot of words to say. Eh, I'm kind of mediocre at this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it'll, it'll all come together. Uh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway, that'll wrap up this episode. Like I said, the, the ending theme there, kind of perfect way to take out this episode here. So it just a nice little like, all right, we had, we had something cool to listen to, and now we're going to end this thing. So this has been, man, fourth episode of this already. I, I'm kind of surprised. It feels like we haven't even been doing that like this long, but it's like it's only four episodes, but it still is like, okay, we we got our... We got our I almost got our feet set. That's something else entirely. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Get your feet set, boy. <laughs> uh, oh, Domin- Dominic and I both were graveyard, and it's getting a little late in the day here, so we might both be a little bit loopy at this point. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, a hard time concentrating right now. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll I'll try to wrap this thing up as, uh, as well as I always have, which is to say not. You can follow us on Twitter, the podcast, at... Roweyco Podcast on Twitter. So that's R-O-W-Y-C-O. Man, I think I got that right without having to say it too slow this time. <laughs> uh, you can follow me personally at Jason Ariola. We can follow... You. I suck at this, Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Dominic. What, what's your Twitter handle, dude? <laughs> and you can follow me at Dominant Shred. All right. Now, uh, I got one thing to add. You know, Dominant Shred don't beg, but if you could please <laughs> just follow me, <laughs> you really help me out. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Follow me at Dominic Shred. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just do it. Uh, Dominic, you might want to start posting more. People might follow you. You know. I, I yeah, I got to get back in the game. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you know, do do more than just retweet the podcast thing, and then I might help out a little bit. J- you know, jump in on the uh, on, on some conversations with the rest of the, uh, the 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 games junk crew. What's games and junk? You might ask. Well, that's the website I run. That also is the host of all the podcasts we do. This multimedia failure. The Gadge Game Club and the soon, we'll say, uh, resurrected uh, Games and Junk podcast. Oh, yeah, and uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which is on a hiatus of sorts, which is, I don't want to say normal music because that just sounds weird, but uh, music that isn't related to video games. Um, that is uh, that is hosted by my co-host from Multimedia Failure, 
John Lucero, and someone who's been on the podcast with us more than a few times. Uh, Brittany, not this podcast, but other podcasts that we do. I'm terrible at this, and you can hear my kids in the background, so I'm going to try to wrap this bad boy up here <laughs> before they start getting <laughs> too rambunctious, and I have to buy a new house because they burned it to the ground while I'm playing radio host. Anyway, um, and Brittany Beschel. So we've got a multitude of podcasts. You can find us on iTunes, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on... What's that other one uh, that starts with an S? Uh, Spotify. Oh, that's what I was looking man, for. I was too busy listening to your kids, man. <laughs> kind of threw me off. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's, uh, I, I guess I've learned to tune them out a little bit more just because I deal with them all day. That sounds awful, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't actually oh, pay attention man. to them. So, but anyway, uh, that'll wrap up this episode. And so now we're going to play you something from the next episode. So we hope you enjoyed that. And we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. You guys take care. Oh, my kids apparently want you to take care too or something. I don't know what they're doing in the background. God, I hope I have a living room to go into here in a second. All right, we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks.